could settle down. We are going to continue our teaching on wisdom. We have been looking at wisdom. This is part four of our teaching on wisdom. There is a lot to learn and we are laying foundations. I want to encourage you to study this subject for yourself um, because as we have been learning, wisdom is the principal thing. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, he says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and in all you're getting, get understanding. So today we are going to look at the different levels of wisdom. We began to look at this two weeks ago and uh, I don't really want to go into a lot of what we've already said. Um, so I just really want to recap briefly and then go straight into a lot more because there's a lot of ground to cover. So he says wisdom is the principal thing. In other words, it is the chief, the most prominent, the most vital of all the virtues when it comes to achieving things, when it comes to seeing your objectives realized, when it comes to living an effective life. There are many believers who are born again, who are saved, who are going to heaven, but do not live an effective life because they lack wisdom. They have the love of God. They have the faith of God, but they don't have the wisdom of God. And because of that, their lives are limited to a certain level of experience. James chapter 4, we looked at it, talks about the kind of wisdom that we are dealing with. James chapter 4, verse 13 and also verse 17. Verse 13, he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. In other words, his works are demonstrated through the gentle nature and the humble nature that embodies wisdom. You see, when you operate in the wisdom of God, you are able to embrace reality concerning every issue you face. Because you see, that word, the meekness of wisdom, that word in the Greek is talking about the humility that comes from wisdom. So, humility is the embrace of reality. It is seeing things from God's perspective and responding in accordance with what you have seen. So when you walk in humility before God, you do not deny the truth, you acknowledge the truth. You acknowledge the truth about yourself, you acknowledge the truth about others, you acknowledge the truth about your situation, and you acknowledge the truth concerning the solution of it. Verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Eight characteristics that embodies divine wisdom. So any aspect, any, any level of wisdom that we operate in, can you help with the back there? Can you help with the back? We're happy that they're enjoying themselves, but just help anyway. Amen. 
Hallelujah. I think today they're very, very happy over there. We are glad for that. We want them to continue to be enjoying, but just help us. Amen. We want to operate in wisdom. However, if they, if they can't be helped, just let them have their fun and we'll just concentrate. But don't, don't, don't take them out or anything like that. And I'm not going to do a Donald Trump and say, actually take them out. You know, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> All right. These eight characteristics of wisdom embodies any level of wisdom. So any level of wisdom from God that we operate in will have these characteristics to them. It will have these eight characteristics. Again, we touched on it two weeks ago. We're not going, any, we're not going to go any further. So let's, go up, let's look at the different levels of wisdom. Wisdom, as we have already established, is the accurate application of knowledge. Accurate application of knowledge based on one's understanding. The accurate use of knowledge based on one's understanding. And there are different levels. There is natural or human wisdom. Then there is godly wisdom. Then there is the spirit of wisdom. Then there is the word of wisdom. Then there is Christ, the wisdom of God. These are five levels of wisdom in the word of God that is deposited into humanity. We talked about natural wisdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Paul says that my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, natural wisdom of itself is not bad. Natural wisdom is not bad as we've already established. The purpose of natural wisdom is to educate and empower us in how we negotiate our natural lives, how we live this natural life. Natural wisdom is gained and developed through observation, application, and repetition. This is how we learn. This is how we are able to accomplish great things. God gives us that ability. So even if we don't know God spiritually, with the natural mind that is given to us, we can do much because of natural wisdom. And remember, all forms of wisdom, be they natural or spiritual, come from God as outlined in James chapter 1 verse 17. Every good and perfect, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation of shadow of turning. So natural wisdom is from God it is, it is given to us by God to be used in how we live our lives. Also, I don't want to go into that. The next level is godly wisdom. And godly wisdom is what we have the scriptures for. This is what we have the Bible for. This is what we, what we, what we learn from the word of God. Godly wisdom really is wisdom that empowers us to live a righteous life and manifest or demonstrate the kingdom of God in a given context. So the whole scriptures are given to us in order for us to know the mind of God or the wisdom of God for life. A few scriptures to outline this. Proverbs chapter 2 verses 1 to 5. Now again, let me say, the purpose of godly wisdom is to empower us 
in the ways of righteousness and in the ways of God's kingdom. So if you want to know how God does things, if you want to know how we are supposed to live in the kingdom of God and appropriate the things of the kingdom, then we learn it from the word of God. We receive godly wisdom and we develop godly wisdom through study and through being tutored or taught by others. This is very, very important because there are some believers who have this mindset that as for them, they don't need any man to teach them because they can learn it for themselves. After all, the anointing they have received teaches them all things. You don't need any man to teach you like he says. But that's the scripture taken out of his context. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 1 to 5, he says this. Now this is talking about godly wisdom. My son, if you receive my words, notice he begins from a position of authority. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. What a powerful scripture. We will talk on this another time in detail when we look at the effect of wisdom. But the point I want you to see here is this, is that for you to come to a place where wisdom begins to affect, affect you and affect how you behave, you have to have been taught by somebody. Somebody had to have instructed you. And the following verses I'm going to read in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 to 7, outlines for us the purpose of godly wisdom. It demonstrates to us why we need godly wisdom, what it's given to us for. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1 to 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of King David. Sorry, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. To give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning. A man of understanding will attain wise counsel. To understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. What I want you to see from these verses is the purpose of godly wisdom. Remember, godly wisdom, we learn and develop it through study and being taught. Why? Number one, verse two to empower us in becoming competent as godly men and women. As much as you are born again, as much as you have been saved, as much as you're going to heaven, unless you are taught the wisdom of God, you will not become competent as a godly man. He says in verse 2, the words that you are about to read, these proverbs, are given to you so that you will know wisdom and instruction, and you perceive the words of understanding. What does this mean? To know wisdom means to have knowledge of that which is skillful. That word wisdom is from a Hebrew word which speaks of that which is skillful, that which is wise. So in any given context, and especially as a child of God, you need to be skillful. You need to be skillful with your faith. 
You need to be skillful with the knowledge of God. We need to be skillful about what you believe. There are so many Christians who are not skillful when it comes to the kingdom. They'll meet somebody. Have you ever met some of these guys who are into, um, please forgive me what I'm about to say, but this happens, who are into like blackness, and they will tell you about Jesus is black. Have you ever heard that? Jesus is black. And then you see some of you are laughing because you're not skillful. Just let me finish. Uh, yeah. yeah, they'll tell that Jesus is black and that uh, the Bible, God is uh, into blackness and all of that. And if you're not skillful, you will dismiss them without being able to counter them properly. You see, or you will meet a Muslim and uh, the Muslim will tell you something like, Muhammad is mentioned in the Bible and he is the paraclete that Jesus is referring to because in Aramaic, um, paraclete or comforter is translated Muhammad. And if you're not skillful, you say, eh, really? I never knew that. My pastor never taught us that. Or if you're not skillful and you meet an atheist and they'll tell you, you see your Bible, it is so full of contradictions. Okay, so God created light in the first day and then on the fourth day he created the sun. So what happened to them all that time? <laughs> you see, you have no idea. You are not skillful. So if you're not skillful, in the knowledge, you want me to give you the answer? I'm not giving the answer today. No, 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 I'm not giving you the answer. Go research it yourself. You have to give you all the answers, and then you can be skillful. Go and, go and be skillful. You have to research this one yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you see, the other day when we met one of these black guys um, into blackness and all of that, as we talked we could correct his error and affirm that which was true. We could correct his error and affirm that which was true and point him to the truth. And when you meet, a, like when I meet a Muslim and we're talking, we can correct their error and affirm them in what they believe which might be right and then point them to the truth. Are you listening? So the purpose of wisdom is one, to empower us to be skillful. And then he says, and to... He says, um, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. Now, one of the things you have to understand about instruction is, and, uh, and wisdom is that it allows you to be very, very skillful or equipped in how you warn people and how you direct people. And this is the purpose of the scriptures. The second point of wisdom, I have, to, I have to hurry up, is to enable us to know and receive instruction. So in verse 2 he says, to know wisdom and instruction. That word instruction is really this. It is reproof or warnings. So in other words, part of the wisdom of God or godly wisdom is to help you to be able to appreciate the warnings that are within the word of God so that it guides how you behave. Because there are many people who only want the affirmations and don't want to take heed of the warnings. But beloved, the affirmations are vital and the warnings are also vital. And that's where that instruction is. That word instruction in the Hebrew talks about chastisement, talks about reproof, talks about warning, talks about restraint. In other words, part of wisdom is to empower you to be able to be restrained in how you behave. Godly wisdom allows you to recognize what is right and what is wrong. But it also enables you to pay attention to the warnings of God 
so that you live a righteous life. Psalm, Psalm 19, verse 11, he says, concerning the word of the Lord, he says, Moreover, by them your servant is warned. By them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. In keeping the words of God, there is great reward. You see, sometimes when, when we're talking about how we can improve our lives, you hear people saying, like if I ask a question, how can you improve your life? They'll say, well, yeah, you pray, and then you read the Bible, and, but then we know that bit, but then we then have to, you know, learn some scientific something or whatever. And what people tend to do is they tend to trivialize the most important thing, which is prayer and the word. They say like, yeah, yeah, we know we have to, we have to, we have to um, pray and then we have to read the word if we want to improve our lives. But then it's more than that. It's more than that. It's more than what? It's more than what? People who talk like that, it's because they don't understand the word. If you understand the word, you will know this. That when you feed yourself with the wisdom of God, it empowers you in every other area of life. Third thing is this. The godly wisdom is to empower us to be receptive to all the virtues that flow out of wisdom. Verse 3. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. You see, out of wisdom are other virtues. So when you are empowered with godly wisdom, you become receptive to justice, to judgment, to equity, to prudence, to counsel. These are virtues associated with wisdom. Number four, godly wisdom empowers the inexperienced in the ways of wisdom. Verse four, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. So when you are inexperienced, and we all start from a place of inexperience, as you feed yourself with wisdom, you become experience. Where you were once simple, you become wise. Where you were once young, you become matured. Number five, godly wisdom empowers us to increase the wisdom, is given to increase the wisdom of the wise through learning. Verse five, a wise man will hear and increase learning, and, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Beloved, I want to encourage you to feed your spirit with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding so that you will grow and mature in your field, in the area that God has called you to. As we teach on wisdom, if I'm hoping I'll be able to touch on it today, the spirit of wisdom in particular, you will discover that there are aspects of wisdom that empowers you to be specialized in your field. Psalm 119, verse 98 to 100. Look what he says. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. Through your commandments, you make me wiser than my enemies. That's why we don't have to fear our enemies. Through your commandments, you make me wiser than my enemies. Are you listening? No matter how smart your enemy is, God is smarter than them. And the wisdom of God can outwit them. 99. 
I have more understanding than all my teachers. Ah. Yeah. Through the wisdom of God, godly wisdom, you will, you will not only develop to the level of your teachers, you will overtake the generation before you. You will over. You see, we appreciate our teachers. The other day, I, I, I at Sally's funeral, I pointed out the man of God who taught me how to lead the cell. Who taught me how to lead the cell? Who trained me as a cell leader? Now, I'm not saying I'm wiser than him. I'm, that's not the point. The point is, he trained me how to lead the cell. And as we were comparing notes, he was then inviting me to come and preach to this church. Now, you have to understand the significance of that invitation. Those of you who are old timers, you know what we're talking about. Those of you young ones, you have no clue. It doesn't really matter. The point is, the wisdom of God will allow you to excel beyond the previous generation. Doesn't mean you become arrogant. It just means you appreciate that you have been taught by somebody. But now by virtue of divine download, you become wiser than all your teachers for your testimonies. Why? Why is he wiser? He says, for your testimonies are my meditation. What does that mean? It means the things that you say and the things that you do is what I fix my mind on. That's why I grow in wisdom more than my teachers. hundred. I understand more than the ancients. Wow. Because I keep your precepts. What are precepts? They are principles. They are principles. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. So, you see, the ancients, those of old, some of them believed that the Holy Spirit um, was released and then after the Bible was written, it ceased. Some of them thought that, uh, you know, it's God's will for people to be sick. Some of them taught, and there was godly men, there were sincere men. Some of them taught that um, um, speaking in tongues is, 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 is a nonsense. They were godly men. But as you meditate on the principles of God's word, you discover they were wrong. Yeah. You discover they were wrong. They were godly, but they were wrong. He says, I understand more than the ancient because I keep your principles. When you study the principles concerning prayer, you will understand there are dynamics and dimensions to prayer. And that you will see that, ah, so some of the ways in which that person does it is not the right way. And the way that person does it is the right way. Ah, you will understand why some people can flow in the anointing and some cannot. There are precepts. You see, when you see precepts, some people think, oh, it's just Old Testament. No, no, no. These are principles of the kingdom. That govern, there are so many, anything that exists, there are principles governing how it should be done. That God has established forever. He says, I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. Number six, the purpose of godly wisdom. To provide depth in our understanding. Verse six, to understand a proverb and an enigma. The words of the wise and their riddles. You see, let me tell you something. There are so many uh, enigmas and uh, riddles when it comes to the kingdom. At times, you will have a dream, and it just seems bizarre. I saw a donkey riding a horse. 
And then I opened my mouth and I swallowed it all. And then I vomited out and it became like a, a silver. Oh, too much pizza. Hey, you never know. That's a big riddle. I mean, I don't know what that means. I just made it up. So don't look for any spiritual significance. I just made it up. But I have discovered something. When you allow God's word to govern you, when a believer is, is, is when, the, when God, the Holy Spirit, speaks to you through riddles and, and uh, uh, hard sayings, you go back to the scriptures. What does the Bible say about red? What does the Bible say about rats? What does the Bible say about spiders? What does the Bible say about tall people, short people? I had a dream, and I saw that I was hunchback. What does that mean? Am I going to be sick? No. This one I can interpret for you. Because it means that there's something crooked about your life. I had a dream, and my normal straight nose was really flat. What happened? Ah, maybe because your level of discernment is lacking. Because in the scriptures, there are these there are these, these descriptions that speak of this reality. You understand what I'm saying? The point is godly wisdom allows you to have depth in your understanding. And finally, godly wisdom is given to us to establish us in the fear of the Lord. Verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You see, what you have to understand is this. The wisdom of God in all its levels, will always honor God. It will always point you to God. And it seeks to lay this foundation, the fear of the Lord. What is that? It is, number one, it is reverence for God. Number two, it is respect for God. Number two, it is terror of God. Yeah. What does, what does Paul say? Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. You see, that is an element of the fear of the Lord that postmodernism and a lot of Western-oriented Christians don't want to mention. What do you mean terror? He's a God of love. I, we don't need to be afraid of him. No, there are aspects you need to be afraid. Moses said, I exceedingly tremble with fear. You see, let me tell you something. At times, I'll, in my prayers, times I'll say to the Father, I fear your terror. Because you can't joke with God. Now, I am very secure in the love of God. I am grateful. I am eternally secure. I know he loves me. I know I'm saved forever. But I also know there is another side to him. He dwells in light unapproachable, who no man has seen or can see. That's the scripture. That's New Testament. Knowing therefore, Paul says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. But here's the point. Because many Christians don't have the wisdom of God, they don't have the fear of God. For them, for them, the fear of God, that concept is a negative concept. To them, the fear of God means run away from God. No, the fear of the Lord will cause you to run towards the Lord. So, this is the purpose of godly wisdom. Quickly, next level is the spirit of wisdom. Isaiah 11, verses 1 and 2. It says, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, 
the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Now, this represents a sevenfold spirit. The spirit of the Lord, which is the revelation of his person. The spirit of wisdom, which is another aspect. The spirit of understanding, which is the third aspect. The spirit of counsel, the fourth aspect. The spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of might, the fifth. Spirit of knowledge, six. Spirit of the fear of the Lord. These are the sevenfold spirit of God. In other words, it is the Holy Spirit in its totality, in its fullness. But there is the spirit of wisdom. And the spirit of wisdom was what was, an aspect of it was what was deposited upon Solomon. Now, the spirit of wisdom is where God opens a person's mind in such a way that they know what to do, what to say, what to think in a given context with the information that is presented to them. So with the information that they have, they will know what you need to do. They need information. But once they get that info, no matter how small it is, with the level of information that they have, they will have the knowledge. If, they, if you need to know, if they, say, if they have information, they say, no, based on this, we need to do more research. Then that is the solution. Based on this, we need to stop what we're doing. Then that is the solution. Based on this, we need to do this. Then that is the solution. That's what the spirit of wisdom does. It gives you, it opens your mind. You see, because, let me tell you this. Many people, they have all the information they need. And they make ridiculous choices. If you don't believe me, I'm sorry I keep going on this point, forgive me. But just check people when they are courting people. When they are dating. There will be information that is presenting itself to them. This person you are courting, once in a while they just like to swear. They just like to swear. Once in a while, if they're not happy with you, they can do that to your face. And at the same time, come to church and, and you're praying whether you should marry them. Are you a stupid person? This does not need prayer. Wisdom is speaking. Wisdom has spoken. But no, 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 you, Pastor, you don't understand how they make me feel. I don't care how they make you feel. Wisdom is telling you to, to reject that feeling because the feeling is a lie. The feeling is a deception from Satan. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I know this. As a pastor, we've had to deal with so many situations. And the evidence is there, staring at them. And sometimes they want me to tell them what they're obvious so that they can blame me later on. I said, no, 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 I'm not telling you. I asked them, what do you think you should do? Oh, you know, hmm, I don't know. You see, when I, when I prayed, I, 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 listen, listen, listen. Don't substitute prayer, wisdom with prayer. No, 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 no. Wisdom speaks. Now, I like one, one person. One person said to me, me, I deliberately done the wrong thing. I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I decided this is what I want and I'm not going to listen to anyone. You see, now that is honest. That is the kind of people I like dealing with. Honest. I, look at you looking at me. You don't, you're confused. You see, because people lie to themselves. They'll say something like, I don't know why I did it. No, this person said, no, I know why I did it. 
I wanted to. See, sometimes people come to me and say, you know, Pastor Joe, the Lord is telling me to do something. I say, what's the Lord telling you to do? After they describe what they think the Lord is telling I say, no, 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 the Lord has not spoken. This is not the Lord. This is, this is you or, uh, I hope it's you. Otherwise, it's a spirit, a deluding spirit. Yeah. Now, the spirit of wisdom is primarily received through divine providence. So God gives you the spirit of wisdom, wisdom with a me- at a measure. Everybody has a measure of wisdom. In whatever given context you're given. The fact that you're born again, there will be a deposit of the spirit of wisdom in you. Now, you can allow it to develop or you can ignore it. So again, let me be clear. The spirit of wisdom is where God opens one's mind in such a way that they know what to do, what to say, what to think in a given context with the information that they have. Whilst God gives us a measure, we can also ask him for it, as with all kinds of wisdom. So we can ask for an increase of the spirit of wisdom. Why? James 1, 5 to 8. If, anyone, if any of you lacks wisdom, it's any kind of wisdom. If you lack any kind of wisdom, whether it's natural, godly, whether it's the next ones we're going to talk about, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach or without finding fault. God gives liberally and he gives without finding fault. And it will be given. All right. Also, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 11, he tells you, ask and you shall receive, etc. Seek and you shall find, knock and you shall be opened. But here's the point I want you to see in Matthew chapter 7. When it comes to wisdom, you must learn to ask and keep asking until you receive. Because it's your father's desire to give you good things. The spirit of wisdom, I'm going to show you, can and does increase as you develop in holiness and righteousness. As we develop in holiness and righteousness, you discover our level of wisdom and the level of the spirit of wisdom exhibited and manifested through us will increase. Luke chapter 2, verse 40, talking about our Lord Jesus. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now, he was a young lad, but he grew in spirit and was filled with wisdom. Look at verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. He increased in wisdom. He increased in wisdom. That means you can increase in the spirit of wisdom. All right, we'll stop there. Our time is up. We're going to take communion, but we're going to pray, and then Enoch is going to come and administrate communion. Why don't we just bow our heads? I'm going to pray with you. And my burden for us as a church is that we will grow in wisdom. My burden is that you will grow in wisdom. Next week, God willing, we're going to talk more about the spirit of wisdom and the rest of the different levels of wisdom. And... uh, my burden is that you will grow in wisdom and that in whatever arena God has called you, it will become clear 
that you are wise. You'll be wise as a parent. You'll be wise as a student. You'll be wise as a father. You'll be wise as a mother. You'll be wise as a friend. You'll be wise in your workplace. You'll be wise in how you conduct yourself in your secret history. You'll be wise. So I want to pray for you, those of you that feel a burden on your heart for the spirit of wisdom. Why don't you stand right now? I want to pray over you and just speak a release. And then Enoch, if, as you, if you can come, lift up your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare over these who are standing as their hands are raised, as their hearts are open, let there be an increase of the spirit of wisdom upon them. Let there be an increase of the spirit of wisdom upon them. I speak wisdom into you through the word that has been taught and by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Increase in wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. If the ministers could get the